0: Thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, we have some housekeeping that we shall attend to, including these following items. Don't forget about the newest addition to our most humble, yet completely awesome, Cerebral Entertainment Podcast Network. This is a new show called Raised on the Radio, and it features our own, Colt Braccato, and good friend, Patrick Blair. These two fine gentlemen are also two of the four members of MMA on the Mic, which you can check on Facebook Live during most major UFC fight cards on on those respective fight nights and that is of course as soon as covid will leave us alone now as for the cep we will be eternally appreciative if you will go to your favorite podcast feeder and subscribe to our show but we also need you to head on over to itunes apple podcast and give us that five star rating over there also be sure to give us a like and a follow on the socials and be sure to visit buyjackcom slash cep to pick up some official Cerebral Entertainment Podcast merchandise for you and for your loved ones. We'll thank you. They will thank you. All parties involved shan't be disappointed. I promise.
1: What I'm hearing right now is a lot of people saying, we need to shut down everywhere. Like, we need to have a statewide shutdown for at least a couple of days to let every single facility everywhere clean and disinfect and everything before we come back. We'll be safe that way. Here's the issue this virus can be in your system for two weeks before you even really get any symptoms for it. Mm-hmm. So if a company, whether it's a mom and pop shop or it's a massive billion dollar company shuts down for two days, they lose all of that work for two days when they could, when they're doing a good thing, they're disinfecting and cleaning, but that doesn't mean that there could be half of the people in that plan come back that after two days, and still have it, but they didn't know they had it and can just reinfect the entire place. But yeah, that's something I, that we'll never know.
0: I don't like that logic, though. I don't think shutting everything down is the right thing to do. I just don't. I think the economic fall, and, and I want people to be safe. And this is, I, I've tread so lightly. I try to when it comes to this talk because I don't want to come across as I don't want anyone to die. You know, I don't want anyone to even become infected with corona that that's going to suffer, you know, at all. But I I think that some of the fallout that we're experiencing from the economy and things like that are gonna hurt more people than COVID ever thought about. Yep. You know the cerebral entertainment podcast, podcast, podcast. podcast. Now for this episode, Colt and I bring you yet another riveting chat amongst ourselves where we wax on subjects such as staying in shape during the COVID quarantine, eating carbs versus sustaining oneself with a ketogenic diet, hmm. opinions on science that is backed up with nothing more than our own anecdotal evidence, all things coronavirus, and much, much more. But before we jump into the weeds, we are once again quite thrilled to have the opportunity to feature a couple of tracks on this episode from our good friend, Ace Ha. Ace is a Los Angeles-based producer who you may know from and Ace Ha, which is, of course, available on all streaming sites. You may know him as Uncle Ace Ha on SoundCloud, but at any rate, however you know him, be sure to check out Ace Ha on the socials, give him all of your likes, give him your follows, show him all of your love and affection. Okay, now ease into this episode of the CEP with this track here called Leather County Seat, and then stick around after the episode to hear some more Ace Hot Grooviness. So, without further introduction, here we go. Ace! Ace. <laughs> everybody, welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's good to see you. Yes. how How is quarantining going over there for you?
1: Do you consider it quarantine for us?
0: To some degree, yeah. Like, Isn't
1: like when you're home on the weekends, you don't really leave the house? That's about the the gist of it?
0: Well, I think it's because you can't leave the house that's, like that's true like for me chances are i would be here anyway for the most part but now that we're under this lockdown i cannot go anywhere <clears throat> and and hence the quarantine the quarantining
1: <laughs> the quarantining okay I yes gotcha. i
0: gotcha yeah i think that's it you know because everything is shut down except for essential business and so you know, of course, you still have your grocery stores, your pharmacies, um, that type of thing. But officially, yeah, we are under quarantine. So, yeah, how how are you and the, the missus doing with all that? You doing OK? I,
1: yeah, I mean, it. I'm kind of an introvert anyways, honestly. So it doesn't really affect me a whole lot. I'm normally more happy with staying at home on the weekends or just coming straight home. The only thing that I've really missed is the gym. That kind of sucks even yes. though i've taken the route of not going to the gym even though it was open for the past 2 weeks mm-hmm. which has been kind of rough because that that's normally my uh you know you have a stressful day you go release it at the gym then you go home and relax kind of a thing the whole yeah. uh, stress relief part has gone away so it's probably better that i just that i just hang out at home <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. Better for everyone else, especially so they don't have to put up with you. But I was the same way. You know, like you mentioned earlier, when we were talking pre-show, we were talking about how you and I are are fortunate enough to still have work. We still have jobs to go to. And so both of us are still in the essential business business. And so uh, one of the things uh, on my plate, though, is that. I work in healthcare, in long-term care, and I had stopped going to the gym like you voluntarily because I don't want to get something and take it back to the facility because that is my responsibility as a a healthcare worker, as a provider, not to make people sick, you know, and so I've been out of the gym now for what? I guess a total of three weeks, and it's it's been hard. It's been terrible. Like you. I working out is the, it is the stress reliever that I have in my life. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the primary one. I I can feel it when I'm not getting my workout in. Granted, I have a, a you know, some, some weights in the garage here at the house and, you know, I, I can go out there and work. It's not the same. It does the trick, but I, for whatever reason, I, I can't get out there as much. It, it's not, it's hard to stay committed. You know, and I've seen a lot of videos from a lot of the the past guests and some of our, our friends out here who are, you know, coaches and things like that, online coaches, and they are out there in their home gyms and um, in their barn gyms or whatever the case may be, and they're still hitting it hard. Very difficult for me to do that. So what are you doing, if anything, to try to, you know, try to uh, mitigate not being able to go to the gym? How are you, you going to stay in shape, man?
1: Like you said, there's a lot of people out there that are doing home gym stuff and home workouts. I'm, and it's probably an excuse, but I am the type of person that I get motivation from going to the gym. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to motivate myself to work out at home. Luckily, what my I had a plan April 1st anyways to start really cleaning up my diet. And, and everything, you know, it, it basically the whole, uh, you get fat over the winter and you clean everything up for beach season. Who knows what kind of beach season we're going to have or if it matters. However, I still was looking forward to April 1st cleaning up my diet. So that's what I have been doing also, which kind of does help offset a little bit. You know, I've reduced my carb intake and, uh, you know, I've actually cut out one meal so far throughout the day that I don't feel is really a necessity, but I was in a a growing phase where I felt like I was really getting somewhere. So I'm kind of slowly seeing what my body's going to do with different changing this here, changing this there kind of a thing and see. So yeah, luckily that has happened. So I don't feel like I'm going to get, you know, just like eat shitty foods all the time and get overweight or anything like that. But as far as the lifting part or the working out part, I haven't really done it. Once it warms up, I, w- I will definitely get outside and start running. I do that every year anyways because there's a lot of great places to run around here. Just haven't done it yet because it's been too cold.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I, so it's a good time for cutting weight right now since you can't make it to the gym. So you you kind of switch gears a little bit, although it's going to be difficult for a lot of people, if they were to utilize that same method to cut weight, because right now, boredom eating is probably something that, well, I know I've heard a lot of it uh, Mm -hmm. on the social medias and whatnot. A lot of people are just, I saw one, one post that had a sign up at the uh, refrigerator. When you open the refrigerator, there's a sign that said, you're not really hungry. You're just bored. You know, (laughs) there was more to it than that, but that was the gist of it. And, that's, yeah, that's, that's something you got to be careful with. So that's, that's another reason why I'm thankful that I, I still have a job to go to and can get out to work because I have been known to eat just because of, of something to do. But fortunately, I haven't succumbed to that yet. I will, I will be honest with you. Me and you
1: have talked in the past, and I know we've said it on the show before too, but recovery is a major factor in lifting, especially. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, don't take the the enough time, including myself, to recover. I have tried for years to do at least every 10 to 12 weeks or so of lifting. I'll take a week off just to let my body regroup, heal, and be ready to go. And I always feel like I'm bigger, like my shirts fit better and things like that, which I know it seems weird after one week, but legit, I mean, I, I I do feel bigger, and stronger when I come back after that week. Mm-hmm. I, I'm having the same situation right now. I've been out of the gym for two weeks now, and I literally every morning, almost almost every morning, feel like my my the arms and my shirts fit tighter. Kind of, you know. So I, I don't know. I'm well, maybe that's just in my head. I don't know. But I legit, I legit feel that way, and I think it's a real possibility that it is that way. But like I said, a lot of people don't take the time to actually recover themselves and this may be a good time to actually actually do that regroup and you know when you're in the gym and you're lifting every week things get stagnant things get you know you just you get in this one swing of doing things and then it just becomes repetitive and I think I think sometimes it's good to have something not a quarantine of course but you know have something that pulls you away from the gym for a little while and then get back in there with a different mindset.
0: Hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. And my body does the same recovery equals growth. Yeah. You know, because if you're constantly just tearing your muscles down, then you don't give yourself time for them to really experience a lot of growth. Well, well
1: the other thing is too, and, and I thought this for the longest time too, it's, it's a hard, it's hard mindset because you think you're growing when you're in the gym. If you don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing, legit, if you don't know what you're doing and you go into the gym, you lift, say you do biceps, your biceps are going to get bigger while you're there because you're when you are lifting, blood gets pulled to the muscle that you are working on. That's how it works. That is, a, that is a body's natural reaction to an issue that you're having. It pulls blood to that area of the muscle because it wants to start healing it. Right. But just because it's bigger there doesn't mean it's going to stay that big. When you go home, that blood recirculates everywhere else and it's not there anymore then when you go to bed at night that's when the healing process starts and you're but that's like a think a lot of where genetics comes into because some people without drugs without anything just food can heal and g- can lift five days a week doing the same body part I'm mm. not one, I'm not one of those people by any means <laughs> but yeah. I just, people, people don't understand that w- that at night when you are sleeping, that is when you're growing. That is when your body yeah. is re- re-healing itself and getting you back into a position where you can get back in there and do things again. Not when you are, not when you look your biggest, when you're in the gym, that's not when you're growing. That's when you're actually tearing things down.
0: Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. And I, I've heard a lot of people talk about how the best time to take protein whey protein is right before bed because that's when your body's going to utilize it the most because everything else is shut down it's going to metabolize it the best it's going to you know and that's when your muscles really um begin to recover begin to repair and so that's when your protein is going to come in very handy and i i take it it depends on when i work out but oftentimes that's when i'm taking my protein i'd like to think that it makes a difference but you were mentioning carbs earlier too I don't remember who the who the guest was, but I was listening to Carl Lenore. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? Probably Friday. At any rate, he had a, a guest on that was talking about carb intake and how important that carbs are and people don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was even talking about carbs for immunoresponse. response. so it was a very interesting episode. You can find it on Facebook. I, I recommend going back and listening to it. You know, of course, it's one opinion out there of a lot of opinions, but he's got a lot of science, you know, to back it up. That's one thing I like about superhuman radio, Carl and Norris show. There's a lot of science, so I mean, a lot of times it's over my head. Right. They're talking about things that I, I'm like, that sounds smart. It sounds neat. I have no idea what you're talking about, but you can go look it up. You can go look these things up and and Google will be your best friend as it is mine and, and kind of see what kind of uh, studies are there to back up what those guys are talking about? But it was interesting, and and he says a lot of people discount uh, good carb intake, and they, they don't get the benefit of carbs because your body, of course, you know that your your body needs carbs to run. You got to have something to burn, um, and just burning fat, according to this guy, in, in a ketogenic diet is not the the way that the body is meant to sustain itself. So very interesting. I, I recommend it.
1: I think a lot of that is opinion based. Kind of, I mean, I know that I know there's a lot of studies that back up all every different diet fad that you want to do. There's a lot of studies that are going to tell you that ketogenic diet where you're not taking in carbs is the best way to do it. Your body wants to burn fat as a fuel, not carbs. Okay, that's one option. Other I know, I know a lot of people who stay in very good shape and eat a lot of carbs. Because, but metabolism has a lot to do with that but you can also do a lot of things to adjust your own metabolism which mm. people don't do they just think that oh I have a bad metabolism and they just they just roll with it now we've also got the carnivore diet that a lot of people are doing where they're it's just meat <clears throat> they aren't taking in anything else besides meat and there uh, some of them are saying that like it, it's it's healing diseases that they had before and things like mm-hmm. that one one of the uh, one of the faces for that is actually uh Jordan Peterson's daughter, Michaela. I think is his yeah. name, right?
0: I believe so. I believe that's right. Yeah. But Jordan Peterson himself as well. He yeah, also does right. the carnivore diet.
1: Yeah. They've been promoting that for a long time. And uh both of them have had quite quite severe issues in the past that they say had been completely cleared up because they're doing the carnivore diet.
0: Yeah. So autoimmune autoimmune problems they were having apparently now have been fixed by the carnivore diet, which sounds strange. Incredibly strange to me, but they swear by it. Right.
1: So I don't know. It's I, I try to, I figure out where my most active parts of my day are. And that's where I'm going to put my carbs in most of the Mm -hmm. time. If you have an issue with taking in too many carbs, try to push them towards the beginning of the day, because if, especially if you have a more active job, because you're going to burn that stuff off throughout the day try if you know try to stay away from your carbs at night. I don't see how carbs at night before you go to bed is going to help you. Now, I'm not saying that there's not studies out there that tells me differently, but just in mm-hmm. my opinion, we know that you take in carbs, your body turns it into sugar, your body wants to store that. So, if you take those in before you go to bed, you're not doing anything active your body is 100% going to store that, correct? I mean, don't you, wouldn't that, isn't that how that works in your mind?
0: Because well, you're not doing I, anything to burn it off. Yeah, but still, yeah, I think that just kind of depends. Like you said, metabolism, the, the smartest people that I hear, because everybody's got a study, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. got studies. And, and I've heard studies that say exactly two opposite things. Both were very smart people and both seem to be reputable studies. I think it just depends on how you want to look at the numbers. And, and I think that when you want to study to back up your um, preconceived notion, then you're going to be able to find that. you know. So I, I heard someone just here recently, I wish I could remember who it was. I think it was one of our, our past guests recently, but they were talking about how they take in carbs at night. That's when they eat their carbs was not, not necessarily right before bed, but in the evening time. Um, because their body was, it's the way their body was used to, I guess, having stored energy to burn the next day. So, so I guess in that sense, yeah, you are, I, you, I, I, it has to store unless the body is actually generating some kind of something in order, in some need in order to burn those, those carbs that you just took. In.
1: I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I'm, I just think that those people are probably more meticulous with the types of carbs that they are taking in and they know exactly what, like they're they are timing it down to the hour on what they, what they are taking in. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Like it's probably not just willy nilly. Oh, at six o'clock, I'm going to eat this. Yeah. Do, no, does that I, make, I think it makes sense. Like I, I just, I, I don't think that they're just, th- you know, throwing pizza rolls down their gullet before they go to bed because you know what I'm saying? I think, I think it's very, very meticulous on what they're doing.
0: Absolutely. No. And, and this, this study that, or the guy, the scientist guy that was on Carl Lenora's show. He was talking about, you know, good carbs, vegetables and fruit carbs. Right. Yeah. Um, he was he wasn't talking about throwing pizza rolls down your gullet at all, because the, the as far as anyone is concerned, those processed foods have no value whatsoever.
1: Well, the, the, know, the, re- the so. reason the reason I say that is because, you know, we me and you can talk about proteins. We can talk about uh, carbs. We can talk about fats in any any fashion we want. But if somebody doesn't know what they're looking at, if they look at the back of a bag of something and they see that this has this amount of protein, this amount of fat, this amount of carbs, they don't know how to look at ingredients or anything like that, they may mm-hmm. think that, okay, well, I need 50 carbs at this time of the day. They may just eat something that they know has 50 carbs. You know what I'm saying? So th- right. that's that's why I keep distinguishing like that.
0: Yeah. So let's clarify. Pizza rolls... Hot uh, pockets, um,
1: which is basically you know, a big
0: pizza roll. Th- those are not good for you. It doesn't matter. Are they tasty? Yeah. Do I eat some sometimes? Every once in a I while, definitely I definitely do. do.
1: I definitely do. I'm not saying yeah. no.
0: I, I try. The, the processed foods are the ones that I try to stay away from the most. Um Do I eat some cereal now and again? Yes. I have more recently reintroduced whole milk back into my life. I, I you know, I don't drink it like gangbusters, but I use it lately in my shakes and my protein shakes. And I have been eating some cereal every once in a while, which is also a processed food, but those, you know, the, the, the cereals and the, the hot pockets, anything that you put that you get out of a box from the store and you put in the microwave, it's not good for you. It's just not even, the so-called healthy foods, the uh, whatever they're called, there's a couple of different brands that are supposedly healthy type of foods they're, they're coming out of a box they're not that good for you you're just not going to get the nutritional value that you get from taking food and and peeling it and, and, and you know putting in an olive oil or, or however baking you know chicken things like that that's going to be your that's going to be your good foods that you get anything else is just crap fast food is crap you know go somewhere like we were talking with uh, our, our, our good friends uh, Jeff and, and Kyle yesterday, they have small businesses. They they serve real food. You know, go get some real food somewhere, you know, instead of going to Walmart or your big box store and getting, you know, processed food. So just to clarify, those are the good foods. The other stuff, um, the, the, the box stuff, it sucks.
1: Yeah, I think most people know for, for the most part what is considered healthy and what is not. But like I said, I just think that a lot of people, if they were to look at the bo- back of the box of something and it says, oh, this has 30 grams of protein in it. Great. They can, they'll can they eat it versus, without really knowing anything else about what they just took in. They just wanted it for the protein intake. I mean, look at pizza. Pizza is probably oh. one of the worst things for you ever, but mm-hmm. look how much protein it's got in it. But True. that's mm-hmm. also from the cheese and stuff like that too. So,
0: And if you like your pizza like I do, you like it very meat heavy. Uh-huh. I like the you know the the pepperoni and the sausage and the hamburgers and the bacons and the more meat you could throw on a pizza the more it is right for me personally. And then I I you know I don't like the thicker crust most of the time. So I got less crust, more meat and minimal sauce. Minimal sauce. I like a medium layer of sauce. <laughs> I just feel no. like this podcast
1: turned into something. I just don't know what it is I yet. No, it, it <laughs> this, was, is, <laughs> this is James explaining it, his pizza. I don't know. I don't know. It,
0: it was a good <laughs> distinction, though, that you brought up because you're you're right. People who may not have an understanding of you know what what we're talking about with carbs um, that that's a good distinction. Uh, to make sure you make sure you're looking for good carbs make sure you realize that vegetables and fruits have carbs and and those are the ones that you really want to try to lean to although i still get pasta carbs too you know i just i do it and uh I, I try to be careful with it because i i when i was coming up i never realized how bad or how i guess how fat that pasta would make me once i got older started getting older i still felt i could eat you know pasta and pizza like i could when i was you know in in my younger years, and it's just not the case. That's just a, that stuff will make me fat almost immediately. I like I touch it to my tongue, and all of a sudden, my like the the further I stick it in my mouth, the further out my belly goes. I can take it back out, and my belly shrinks, and it's weird. It's like working in in unison like that. It's very very strange how that works. After but.
1: quarantine's over, you might want to go to the doctor.
0: <laughs> that seems uh,
1: seems a little ridiculous.
0: <laughs> but well, I, I have issues, I do. But but also it's
1: it's, yeah. it's important to say that. I'm not denying that any study is correct. And the uh, the other thing is too, is that any, most studies can be correct. They, like they, they can be correct depending on the person. So I, I'm uh, my body might do better on a ketogenic diet than it does a carnivore diet or than it does a carb that, or a, uh, a diet that cycles carbs. It, yeah. It, I, but that takes time to learn. And a, a study is probably going to, is going to put people on this diet to see, to see what happens, but we don't, I don't know. I I, I mean, I, I guess, I guess the best studies to me would be somebody who has, who puts somebody on a diet that say is ketogenic first, and then lets them, once that diet's over, then they go to another diet and see how their body's affected in that way. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, and I agree with the everybody is different for sure. Uh, people respond um, just differently to different things. But also on that note, a, a, couple, a couple of things. A, we're not experts, so let's just clarify that. We talk about studies and very rarely do we actually bring studies to the table when we're talking. We're just having conversations because that's what we do. That's what we like to do. Okay, it's all opinion based but, for sure. Yeah, anybody who's been listening to this already knows that, but especially during a chat, here you go. And uh, another thing, though, is I wanted to clarify that when he was talking about the ketogenic diet, in in a lot of respects, in most respects, perhaps we can go back and listen to it later. He was talking about the body's immune response while on keto, and versus the immune response versus eating carbohydrates, and how there were studies that show that not having carbohydrates. Um, created a stronger immuno response than what ketogenic diet would. And so one of the things that he was kind of warning against is things like being on a keto diet during coronavirus, for instance, because your immuno response is going to be down because your body's not getting all the supplies that it needs to have a robust, uh, immune response during you know a time of a pandemic. Another thing he warned against was like marathon runners or or even exercising too much because when you exert too much of your body, it actually lowers your immune response to the things around you. Um, now over time, I feel like my immune response is stronger because I stay in shape. Even just heavy lifting, I feel like it, it just boosts my body. It, but but I, I do feel like also that after you exert yourself and you're really tired. After a good workout, when you leave it all at the gym, or if you're running and you leave it all outside, it takes your body a while to what recover, right? right? And so he was also a warning against that. So just to clarify, his his main topic was the the body's immune response, but he did you know he did kind of at least allude to if he didn't outright mention that he feels like keto is not the greatest thing for one's body. Not that it's not effective in in, in losing weight, managing fat, things like that, because it obviously is but is it the healthiest w- way to go that i think that was his his premise
1: yeah I, I guess i guess the the bad thing is that you have you have bandwagoners just like anything else and people jump on this mm-hmm. worked for me this is the end all be all and this is what everybody should be doing and that's not how things work
0: yeah no i agree i agree A- anytime anybody says something like this is how it is I automatically the, the red flags and the alarms start going off because I'm like, eh, is that really how it is for everybody or just for, you know, this person, that person, even in a study? You know, was the study truly randomized and did you get a lot of enough of a different um, types of people in order to delineate whether or not this is generalizable? Or you know, because you never know. Studies can be manipulated, and, and just even by accident, they can be manipulated in all different kinds of ways like that. So, who knows? Another thing I didn't that that, that led me down this path is because he also said something like there was, and this was in passing. and He didn't get into it very much, but he said there was no evidence that having a significant amount of vitamin C in your life helped to uh, thwart off disease or whatever. And I personally, based on my own experience, I highly disagree with that. Because when I, because I take a regimen of vitamin C all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't wait for the pandemic to start before I started taking vitamin C. I do it every day. Um, since the pandemic started, I, I I went to twice a day. I take it in the mornings. Um, I believe I take a thousand milligrams in the morning, 1, a thousand milligrams at night. I believe that I believe in vitamin C. Do you take I, a multivitamin? Do,
1: do you take a multivitamin also? Yes. On top of that. Yeah. How, how much does your multi? I want, how much vitamin C does your multivitamin have in it?
0: I don't know, I don't know, but in, I, I I love vitamin C. Well,
1: the only reason I ask, and there's, I I have no personal study to back this up or anything, but mm-hmm. I have to imagine that your body can only contain a certain amount. So I I wonder, I wonder, like how much regardless if it's you or anybody else who is, I wonder where, what the threshold is for the max amount of vitamin C you can take in before your body pretty much just starts peeing it out because you've taken in so much and it can't do, you know what I'm saying? Like it can't do what it needs to do with that amount, with that amount.
0: Uh, Too much vitamin C. I know this by uh, experience and by reading will cause you diarrhea. Okay yeah, a, a, a mega dose of vitamin C, <clears throat> excuse me, will definitely cause you to have some diarrhea issues, but there's no, I've never seen a study where too much vitamin C is harmful. No, I'm not and saying, so, I'm not saying
1: it's harmful. I'm saying that I wonder if there's a threshold to where you're taking in an amount that doesn't matter because your body can't do anything with it because you've taken too much. So I'm yeah. just, I'm just curious if there, if that's a,
0: I, I think the, I think the, I think the threshold is probably 2000 milligrams. Okay. Uh, according to my studies, which I have, I have looked at that and you can, you can look into that off, you know, after the show or whatever I will to make sure that my number is somewhat correct, but I think around 2000 of a daily limit. Um, So since there's no harm to it though, I I like to stay around that threshold because also you gotta, you gotta figure 2000 milligrams for who, is that for a lady who weighs 105 pounds right, or yeah. for me who weighs 200 pounds, right? right? Yeah. So I like to stay for vitamin C specifically because I have this belief in it. And it's not just a, 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 like a, a passing belief. There have been times in my life where I wasn't so uh, strict with my vitamin C regimen where I know that I got sick more than what I do now. Before this outbreak happened, m- my wife and both of my kids had flu in my house. It was a house of sickness. And I did not succumb to the flu. Now, I could feel in my body, and a lot of people are probably like this, even though I didn't succumb, I could feel that something was happening in my body. Something was trying to get me, right? And uh, it never took hold. Now, I can't prove it, but I credit that to my vitamin C regimen. And, and also, you know, I was making sure of trying to get enough sleep, all, all the all the things that you need to do. I'm not saying that you could take a bunch of vitamin C and go out, you know, and just never get sick. That's not what I'm saying. But for my particular immune response, the more vitamin C I have, the stronger that I feel, the more that I don't have to worry about, you know, sickness in my house taking me down as well.
1: Yeah. I Mostly get, anecdotal. I, I, I guess that's one of those things, though, to where if, if there's no studies to back up that vitamin C helps you with anything, then why is it? I mean, why is that what you always hear? Is when if you're starting to get sick, bump up your vitamin C regimen.
0: Well, there are studies that show that. But
1: it, I thought you just said that he said there isn't.
0: No, he just said in their studies it didn't oh. show that. Oh, okay. That, that's um. what I'm saying. It depends on where you go for what studies, man. Yeah. There, there's a study that will tell you that you know anything whatsoever, whatever you that you're that you that you have preconceived um you can find a study for that in a seemingly reputable study unless you go way off the rails but yeah there's a study for it out there you know you just got to look for it it just depends on what you're looking for and where you're looking so
1: i can tell you right now there are a lot of people out there that are listening to what you are saying or the that theory because i was at schnooks the other day trying to get some essentials yeah and I, my wife hasn't taken a multivitamin or anything for quite a long time. And if, the, if she's ever going to get on something, it needs to be now. So mm-hmm. I was looking around at the vitamin shelf and I don't know if you've seen a vitamin shelf in a store lately. Yep. Yep. It is very hard to come by anything and vitamin, vitamin C is impossible.
0: It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. That's what I was saying when this whole thing started, when the whole toilet paper fiasco started, I was just going shopping. I, I'm, I, I, never have panicked. I, I still, it just hasn't set in for me, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, it should have or not, it's just not there. And I went to go buy my typical vitamin C, chewable tablets that I like to have in the mornings and toilet paper and both vitamin C and TP are wiped out. So it's a good thing though, because if they eat too much of that vitamin C, they're going to have diarrhea. They're going to need every bit of that toilet paper.
1: <laughs> maybe that's the, maybe that's where it all stemmed
0: from. Perhaps. I don't know. But yeah, I, I have noticed that, that, but that's the thing, though. That's the thing. That's, that doesn't, to me, that doesn't give as much credence as, as what I'm trying to, or what I feel, at least. I'm not trying to talk anybody into vitamin C. I don't care. I don't have any stock in vitamin C. Um, I'm just telling you what works for me, and, and you do what works for you. But people wait till there's a, a global pandemic, and then they go out and buy all the vitamin C. And now you can't keep the, the shelf stocked. Well, you know, and we talked about this with Chastity Snowden a little bit. Uh, when we had her on a couple of weeks ago, it's like you can't really wait till a global pandemic happens and then expect vitamin C to kick in and save the day. Right. It needs to be a part of your you need to you, your body needs to acclimate to these these uh, nutrients and, and, and these vitamins and be ready for when something comes like, it, it, you know, we have flu season every stinking year and we may have covid season every year. Now, this may be an ongoing thing have be prepared for that in the first place don't don't go out and, and have a chaos response a panic response because now there's a global pandemic and now you decide to try to stop eating processed foods or or, or try to uh, use vitamin c or whatever the case may be it, you know it should be a lifestyle you know and, and when you can have a lifestyle like that then you're not going to have to panic so badly you know it, it's still going to be stressful i'm still stressed out at times anxiety is you know is higher because of everything going on but i'm not going to panic and go by all the toilet paper and vitamin C because it's just stupid.
1: (laughs) You know, you had mentioned, like you actually said, COVID. And I seen an article on Yahoo, and it may just be clickbaity because I didn't read it. I'm going to admit that right now. However, the title was, Could You Have Possibly Had Coronavirus Back in December and Not Known It? Yeah. And that makes me think, and I've been saying this for over a month now, not I don't think I heard it anywhere. I think I just thought about it. But you know, over the past year, we didn't have the testing for COVID. How many people do we think we will never know how many people, thousands of people have had it and gotten over it and mm-hmm. and they're and they just thought they were sick and it and it wasn't an issue. We're never gonna know those numbers. So I just, I'm that that's where my main curiosity lies is how many people have actually had this thing survived it with just thinking they were sick and moved on with their life. Yeah. And you know, like what, what do you think? Do you think there's a possibility that anybody around you in the past, you know, six months to a year that you've seen that have been sick? Do you think maybe even in one of your facilities that has been sick, do you think it's possible that they had it?
0: I mean, anything's possible, right? Mm -hmm. Because I often wondered if, you know, when my family was sick, that when I was talking about before the outbreak actually became, before it came to our country, I I wondered if that's what they had. Because, man, I'm telling you, my family, they were sick, especially my wife and my son. My son, he's wild, right? He's very energetic. We probably can hear him throughout parts of this episode because he's in the other room. just He's always yelling and screaming and having a good time. And so he was on the, the chair, not moving for days. You know, if he had had a fever, I'd have been terribly, terribly worried. A high fever. He had a low-grade fever. But if he would have had a high fever, I'd have been really worried because he doesn't do that, you know. And the wife was in bed for, I think, two days straight, not even getting up to eat or anything. She was just, like, bedridden. And so could that have been COVID? The only reason i, I The only reason that I doubt – is because the numbers are getting greater now, and we, and we knew this was going to happen, and we knew there was going to be a spike in the overall numbers and deaths that happen in our area because the testing is more available. But also I think it's because the, the, I, th- I think there, there is a wave of COVID that did come to us. Um, I, so I think it's it's more prevalent now than it was that it hasn't just always been around and we're just testing. And that's why the numbers increase because I think you would have, you would have seen more um, COVID related like respiratory illness and and that respiratory stress that happens and more deaths. Maybe not, maybe maybe there were just as many deaths and we didn't hear about it because we didn't have our handy COVID dashboard that I have now that I look at daily to see how many deaths have happened in, in our state, in our country and how that relates to the rest of the world. So, so maybe, maybe it was happening, and there was just no um, advertisement that there was no proliferation of that information um, related to because I think Missouri, last time I checked yesterday, we were up to twenty one deaths in Missouri. And the number has, I forget I, I, somewhere around two thousand now, I think, in our state. Um, and so the, I don't know, it just kind of makes me think that there there is a wave of the pandemic coming. Um, there's not just a spike in the numbers due to testing. What do you think?
1: I don't know. Honestly, Mike, uh, the main thing that I wonder is like, the, we, we know that the majority of people who have died from COVID had underlying issues before, had had something, some prior illness or asthma or immune system disorder or something like that. Mm hmm if they would have gotten the flu would the same outcome have happened would they still have died because they got the flu is is where one of you know something that i'm curious about because we don't know we will never know now because of course they're not with us now which is tragic and i'm you know that sucks but you know the the other the other thing i i've been thinking about is like C, the cdc you know with my job there's a lot of people in one place at one time for the most part, people are kind of spread out and the company's doing a good job of making sure that everybody's staying distant from everybody. But what they're saying is that This train, this doesn't transfer through skin or anything like that. This transfers from like spit coming out of your Mm -hmm. mouth and things like that. That's why they're saying, keep the six foot distance, not because of like hugging somebody or shaking somebody's hand because it can go through your skin. It has nothing to do with that. It's a matter of they don't want you talking and spit coming out of your mouth and landing on somebody. And now, and you possibly had it.
0: Or coughing and sneezing. Right. Yeah. That's a
1: big part too. Now that, That's where the issue can lie. If you sneeze into your hands and then you go shake somebody's hand now that they touch their face, now that can, that can transfer. The other issue is that it, this can stay on products and stuff like that too. So if, if I sneeze in my hand and then I put my hand on a box and then I push a box down the line to the next person, now that can, you know, I mean, that's been transferred down the line now. So that's, that's where another issue lies, but. Apparently, like CDC is saying if if somebody in a a certain place has gotten it, basically all you're supposed to do is remove everybody from that area, clean and disinfect it with any with uh, something that has more than 70 percent alcohol in it, wait till it dries and go back to work. Yeah, that is that's what that's what the rules are. I don't know if that's enough or not. I I don't know, especially when you're in a place that has a lot of people in it. I don't know if that's enough. The the issue that I'm hearing, and I'm sure you're hearing this too, is that you're always going to hear people complain, especially in something like this. And a lot of it has to do with people who just don't want to work in the first place. But a lot of people complain because they have to work during this. I, I legit understand that pe- some people are scared and they do- they don't you know they maybe live with a parent or something like that who's older and they're scared to death that if they get it they take it home their parent can get it and you know something like that can happen i legit understand that and they have every right to feel that way and be scared but I also know that from what I can tell most jobs are being very lenient with people on that and if you are scared and you want to quarantine yourself for two weeks you can do that you mm. can go home for two weeks and wait this thing out And still have a job when you come back. I don't know if that is, I don't know if every, every place is taking that stance because if you are considered considered an essential business right now, I still think jobs are expecting you to come to work. Yeah. So I I can still see where kind of a, a person can, or a company can say that's job abandonment. If you don't come in because you're still considered an essential employee and we are doing everything, through CDC guidelines to make sure that you are safe while you're here. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, there, there's just, that's something that's aggravated me over the past week or two is that there's a lot of people who are complaining because we have to go to work. But on the other hand, the other half of the people are very feeling very fortunate that they still get to go to work.
0: Yeah. I think for those people, like you said, probably the people that just don't really want to work anyway I think that they're always going to have something to complain about, but I know that in my industry, you know, long-term care, we have to have people to come to work because we're actually taking care of people, right, right, in, in facilities. And so it could be a major issue, like, and for any place, like, you know, for your place of business in manufacturing, if everybody decided they were going to quarantine, that place would have to shut down because they wouldn't be able, unless they, you know, just got some temp hires or people who were willing to come in.
1: Right. Well, well, let me, let me, let me me mention this though. I, I don't know how that would work. Okay. So say you have an outbreak in any facility, any place. Okay. You definitely need to shut that place down for the length of time, like two weeks or however long it takes, shut it down, clean the entire place as good as you can, and make sure that everything's good before you let everybody come back. I get that. What I'm hearing right now is a lot of people saying, we need to shut down everywhere. Like, we need to have a statewide shutdown for at least a couple of days to let every single facility everywhere clean and disinfect and everything before we come back. We'll be safe that way. Here's the issue. This virus can be in your system for two weeks before you even get any symptoms for it. Mm -hmm. So, if... A company, whether it's a mom and pop shop or it's a massive billion dollar company, shuts down for two days. They lose all of that work for two days when they could when they're doing a good thing. They're disinfecting and cleaning. But that doesn't mean that there could be half of the people in that plant come back that after two days and still have it. But they didn't know they had it and can just reinfect the entire place. But yeah, that's something I, that I, we'll never know.
0: I don't like that logic though. I don't think shutting everything down is the right thing to do. I just don't. I think the economic fallout, and and I want people to be safe And this is, I've tread so lightly. I try to, when it comes to this talk, because I don't want to come across as I don't want anyone to die. You know, I don't want anyone to even become infected with Corona that that's going to suffer, you know, at all. But I, I I think that some of the fallout that we're experiencing from the economy and things like that are going to hurt more people than COVID ever thought about, you know? Um, this is a, a, real, a real threat. The economic threat is going to hurt people. People are going to suffer, you know? And, and so you've got to try to find a way to mitigate that, to try to balance out um, between cleaning and, and and keeping people safe, but also making sure that people can eat because they still have jobs. You know, this government stimulus that people are talking about, it isn't going to do a lot for, for a lot of people. It's, it's going to help some people, and that's good. Um, it's also just not going to do it's it's not going to repair the damage completely not for businesses not for small businesses some of them are going to be okay some of them are not and those people are they don't know how they're going to put food on the table now and so everybody's got an opinion right and um but well before i go on walmart is one place you know the walmart here in my hometown uh, stays open 24 hours a day typically but they've been shutting down every night at, I believe, nine, and opening back up at six. And and the reason why is that they're they're cleaning, they're cleaning the whole store. But they're also restocking because everybody went ape and and bought up all the everything, all the vitamin C and the toilet paper, as well as all the hamburger meat that I get. I, it's, it's hard to even go shopping because people are stupid. You know, mm-hmm. they just they're just hoarding. and I, I hate that. But but they're shutting down so that they can clean at night. And then they have the older people, the elderly people come in first thing in the morning, A because that way they don't have to go through all the chaos and get knocked over by a bunch of stupid people who are just, you know, experiencing a panic response. But also they're going into a, <clears throat> they're going into a clean Walmart because Walmart had just been clean the night before, been sanitized or wiping everything down. So the elderly people that go in are going in with other elderly people who then can come back out and, and hopefully stay clean. I, I think that kind of a, that kind of approach is okay I, I think that's pretty I think that's it's a good compromise it's a good response yeah but I'm uh, a big fan of Walmart but for, as far as Walmart goes I think they're doing the right thing
1: but this brings me back to something that me and you talked about off air was the other side of that this is the first thing that popped in my head whenever I heard that Walmart was doing this I get what you're saying and I get that it kind of makes the environment the best possible by environment that you can have for elderly or senior citizen. But if someone that's a senior citizen or is elderly has it, whether they know they have it or not, and they walk into Walmart, now they are in a building with all of the people that are most susceptible to having the worst reaction to COVID. It's all senior citizens and all elderly people in there at one time. So I, it just feels like me, to me that it could be a massive wipeout of a bunch of people if anybody has it. Now, as long as you're keeping your six foot rule, your social distancing, and things like that, okay, I, you know, things can still be fine. I'm just saying that if there is any passing of it from one person to another to another, it could be, it it could be a worse situation than better.
0: Yeah, I I don't I don't think so. I can appreciate the the thought experiment. But, for one thing, Walmart is not a small, enclosed place. Um, it's, true. It, it's not like they're they're really, you know, consolidated into one small area while they're there. Uh, it's probably more likely that it would be from a, a Walmart employee that was sick and and would be if, if that person is symptomatic, hopefully, um Walmart wouldn't let them in. If an elderly person is symptomatic with Covid, they are the ones that are probably really experiencing the hardcore symptoms. They're the ones that, that they're experiencing the, the the high fever and the respiratory distress that are the two major hallmarks of COVID. Which the fever, I say high fever. All you have to have is hundred point four, I think. And and they're you know, they're wanting to check you out. They're wanting to think that you may have it if you have some other symptoms, but not necessarily. It's that's the kick. That's the kicker. You could just have a cold. You could just have a flu. You could just be experiencing anything else or, or it could be COVID. You might be dying.
1: Right. Anyway, I, I I have a buddy who is an EMT and he was told, he was told, uh, I think he works 48 hour shifts, straight shifts and they, yeah. you know, they make them take their temperature before each shift and after each shift to make sure there's not a spike anywhere. And if anybody it has to come in contact or any EMT has to come in to- contact with anybody who has a fever and any kind of respiratory issue at all they automatically have to quarantine for 15 days and yeah. he which he's he's doing now because he was in contact with someone who was in contact with someone who had it mm. and he told me I don't know if you've seen the instrument that they use to test this yes. thing but it is not it, terrible. it is not fun he said that it was the worst thing ever he said it he felt like he was getting basically screwed in the brain up his
0: nose. Yeah. I'm going to take my chances with COVID. I'm not going to get tested because that, that, I mean, they just basically stick a, you know, a a long six inch Q-tip up your nostril until it can't go any further. And then they just wiggle it around. Uh, It it looked absolutely terrible, but you know, on, on, on more notes of of COVID before we move on, I, uh, you know how I'm, I'm typically conspiracy theory, Prone, right? I have since, I have since, a tendency
1: since
0: when, right? I have a tendency to kind of lean toward, uh, you know, a lot of different different types of, of conspiracy. But I'm trying to once again tread lightly on COVID. I, you know, I'm not sure why. I think it's just because it's still such a sensitive subject that I don't want to. Because there are a lot of people who get angry out there. They're saying, you know, how how dare you take this so lightly and. Um, because there are still a few people out there who think this is all just BS, that this is just another flu, and, and that they don't want to quarantine because everybody's falling for this big this big game or this big power grab or and money grab of the government, which regardless of the fact whether COVID has been um, hyped up, whether it's been exaggerated, th- there's still a, a power grab and a, and a money grab going on with the government. Hillary Clinton said it best. When she said, "You don't ever want to let a good crisis go to waste," and the government, or any government, our government, for this particular conversation, they're very good at that. They're very good at you know taking a, a something that is a, a crisis for us and making it benefit them as a whole, benefit the the system in in their in their universe as a whole. And so uh, there's there's all that, but I'm still giving I, I'm giving it time just to let things. See how they play out um, because I do, like I said, working in long-term care, my goal, my goals, my number one goals in life, I guess, are to make sure that my family, including my nuclear family here at the house, my wife and my, my daughter and my son and then my mother and I have a nephew who's immunocompromised. I have a sister who's, who is also immunocompromised and then those people that I work for at the facility. Um, I want to make sure they're safe. So I'm going to take precautions. I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, even though if I didn't work in long-term care, I probably would not be quite so careful. I, I just wouldn't. But when I look at those people, a lot of them are, are you know, elderly and infirm and they have you know, just different issues. I, I don't want to put those people at risk. And that, that's the reason why that I'm okay with just kind of going with the flow on this. Um, it's not causing me a severe amount of anxiety stress. I still get to get out. Um, the kids are kind of going crazy, especially the daughter, because she's a social butterfly and she always has to be doing something with somebody, and so she's having a tough time. My boy's been waiting his whole young life for this. He, he he loves it. He doesn't have to go to school. He doesn't have to do anything but stay at home and run around and look at his devices and go crazy. It's what he likes to do anyway. But yeah, I, I think it's just important. You have to. I, I would just have everybody, everyone consider the other people around us and and that's really what is so important about this whole quarantine, this whole lockdown. Um, Am I getting the wool pulled over my eyes? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's a part of me that thinks that this is all just, you know, definitely exaggerated. I know I I do believe COVID's real. I don't think there's something underlying there, but it, it does seem kind of fishy. But the other side of that, I wondered the other, the flip side of my conspiracy mind, Thinks that they're not hyping it up enough. It's like the the numbers are, are are growing; they're pretty big. But is there even something more they're not telling us? And why they're trying to quarantine this? Because this is something they don't actually. Because the, the panic response, if we actually knew the truth, would blow our minds, and you are going to have people riding in the streets and and fires and looting and things like that. So, I, you know, who knows? I am not. I am not sweating it though.
1: Yeah, I mean, you see the you see people on social media who are pushing out. <clears throat> that this is a governmental agenda, and they're this is like them quarantining us and doing these statewide, countrywide orders to stay at home is kind of like a, you know, let's see how far we can push the envelope and take away people's freedoms and get away with it and things like that. But where, yeah. let me ask you this, and it might be just my stupidity that I don't really know, but where where is the money grab? If this is taking the government to do a trillion dollar stimulus, wh- where is the the money grab if the government is losing a bunch of money? Or do you think this is a, lo- uh, a long game situation where once the economy comes back and is boosted, it'll be bigger than ever?
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> the money grab, which I hope, by the way, that the government can, in fact, stimulate the economy. It's never going to work fully in our favor all right and I'll, I'll explain that in a minute but um, I, I hope that after the out of the ashes of covid like when we were talking with uh, Tim Rexius you know from the housing crisis it was another money grab by the government these stimulus packages that they put out it benefits the rich but I hope that small businesses like like you know Rexius nutrition, and other businesses like that can rise up out of the ashes of COVID and, and do good for their families and for their communities, because that's, that's still a win for us because otherwise it, it's all just the, the government cronies who are benefiting from this. But like with 2008, who, who benefited you had the banking system, which was bailed out by the government um, in the tune of, I, I don't know, billions and billions of dollars, if not trillions, I don't remember probably billions and billions But these these government or these uh, banking uh, bigwigs were still pulling in like thirty two million dollar bonuses, fifty million dollar bonuses as they as they let their their bank go under, you know, and and so they were still just benefiting financially. If I if I got a thirty two million dollar check just once in my life, I'm set. I'm good. Right. I can make that work. That was just his bonus for a year, you know, and that's how they're used to living. And, and that's what's happening again now. The, the stimulus package is going for small business. It's also going for some really big businesses. And there's also, there was a, I was listening to Lee Camp. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He, he's, a, he's a pretty great uh, kind of a liberal pundit. I guess he would consider himself liberal. He seems liberal to me. I know he's very, he, he's really, he rails on the government period a lot. But he was talking about how <clears throat> there are some, I, I forget what the wording is. You have to forgive me, but there are some new government entities going to develop to make sure that the money is dispersed correctly. Right. And so it, it is like, you know, it's, it's the, it's the wolf basically guarding the sheep from the rest of the wolves. All right. It doesn't work. And so, um, but a lot of these big businesses are also getting a huge Huge stimulus, right? We're getting what twelve hundred per person plus five hundred dollars a child. I think so. Yeah. You know, in, in a lot of people's worlds, that that you know that's going to help. But you're looking at a business who's, who's getting millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, and they don't. Uh, some of them don't even need it. Like I don't know for sure, but is Walmart getting part of the stimulus because they're kicking butt right now? Is Charmin getting, getting part of the stimulus because they they can't keep st- the shelves stocked, right? So in that way, the cronies are just they are just banking off of this crisis they don't you know and i I can't prove that they're getting like those two examples are getting just for example though that's the kind of money grab because it's going back into the government and there's also just like after 9-11 there's going to be new government agencies or at least new government entities within agencies um maybe some some sub entities or whatever that are developed that money will also be directed to and so that is going to be taken who's going to do that like after after with with 9-11 whose company profited the most from, from war, from, from building the stuff and from the security, things like that. It was Dick Cheney's company that he was tied into Halliburton and all his friends. It's going to be the same with this. It's just going to be, it's just going to be redirected how they see fit. So every crisis doesn't go to waste.
1: Yeah, I I see. I I get where you're coming from. I I would like to see the numbers on Walmart though, because you said that, you know, Walmart's killing it right now. On one side, I can see, yeah, they, they are, but I, I wonder where the numbers lie because the things that they're selling now are your essentials for the most part that they can't keep stocked, your your vitamins, your toilet paper, your, you know, I mean, of course, f- you know, food and things like that too, but I wonder with these shutdowns that are, these mandatory shutdowns, regardless of Walmart is essential or not, and the fact that Walmart is shutting down for, you know, six to eight hours or whatever a day instead of being 24 hours. I wonder how much money they are actually losing. And the other products that aren't being bought that would normally be bought because now people are just buying the essentials that they need for their house. I, I wonder, I'm not saying that Walmart's losing money. I'm just, I would like to see the stats on, are they, are they really killing it or are they staying even right now? And is this, sh- how much is the shutdown actually affecting them or is it at all?
0: No, it's it's a good point. It's a good point because I don't think that the... Uh, I don't think that the... I was looking up whether or not Walmart's losing money. There are... Um, this analyst, but this was back in July, so I don't know. Apparently, they might have been losing money anyway. But I don't think that the being closed for six hours overnight is really going to affect them much. That's not, that's not where your peak shopping days are anyway. And I think the people that would have probably come in then will, will come in at some other time and still do their shopping. But I do think it's definitely like people aren't in there buying electronics. They're right. not in there buying, buying probably, you know, clothes so much and filing cabinets and, and barbecue grills. Maybe, but not like they would have been right. Right. Cause they're, they're hunkered down trying to buy essentials. And so I think that's, that's a very salient point there is that, they're probably going to suffer in that respect, but I just I, I I've seen picture after picture on social media, and I've experienced it to some degree here in our hometown, my hometown, is that you know you go in and Walmart's the, the food shelves, man, they whew, they've been suffering, yeah. especially the, the staples, your meats, your your hamburgers and your chickens, even a lot of your pork, um, a lot of those things are just you can't keep them on the shelves, man. People are just. I don't know what they're doing. It's like, how did they eat before? You know, they're just they're they're just hoarding. They have to be, unless another conspiracy type of thought. Um, the markets are being manipulated by not stocking the shelves like they normally would, to either ration food or simply to increase panic. But that's a whole other rabbit hole that would take me down another path that we don't really have time for. So.
1: In the end, I think that this is going to be, everybody's panicking right now. Everybody's freaking out that we're going to be in a walking dead situation in the next month or two. And once this is all over with, give it a month or two, everything's going to be back to normal. And all the people who had changed their lives and had hoarded all this stuff because of a pandemic, I mean, that's... They're going to go back to the way they were before, anyways. It's right. not. It's not going to matter. So anybody who has made lifestyle changes or anything like that, I think that's going to go. It like Chastity Snow did said. It's like uh, joining the gym in January. By the time February March rolls around, you're you're not that that mindset's gone. You're you know you're done with done with it. Yep. I think it's going to be the same. I think it's going to be the same concept. Your people who were strong and. Uh, you know, not so dependent on all this stuff beforehand are probably going to be the ones that thrive the most because they're they're used to this.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's right. There's, there's, there may be some changes. There may be some people who kind of take these lessons with them. I know one lesson that I'm going to take is to be a little more prepared. Uh, I, I, I try to keep in mind things like, you know, I, I like to keep a garden. I like to know how to do that. Um, I like to know how to, you know, Basically, some some basic survival methods for myself and my family. I'm going to try to beef up on those a little bit. I'm not going to be a full out prepper. That's just not going to happen. I've thought about that. I've even you know kind of shopped around for prepping supplies. I I just don't have it in me. You know, when it's when it's time for the world to end, I'll just I guess I'll just embrace it. You know, but
1: well, I have I have one more question that I want to ask, and I know it's going to be hard to keep this as a A short answer but I don't know what your opinion is on if you think Trump will get reelected or not Mm. however I'm sure you have heard this that conspiracy theory also that the media is hyping this up and this is a big agenda uh, to try to get Trump to be not reelected right do you think this would affect could affect him do you think this crisis will last long enough to, to lead into election and let's see how I want to word this? I don't know. Okay. Let's just say in general, do you think that this could affect Trump getting reelected or is this a scenario where a president, you don't want to change presidents in the midst of a crisis? Because they're right. the ones that have been in the trenches the, this entire time. If you change things to somebody else, who knows what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Um, B, basically. You, it, it has pro- been proven time and time again. It, it's the same like with war, anything like that. Right. Even all the way back with, um, with just just other crises that have happened in, in the in the past in our country. The, the population has typically shown that they don't want to change horses in any kind of middle of any kind of race. And so wars have been the same way. You know, George Bush, uh, George W. getting reelected um, after nine eleven 11 and during the whole war. People, it's, it's just too scary to even though that you might not agree with what's going on. It's you, you have the fear of the unknown that you don't want to you gotta you gotta play it out. you got you gotta run it down for better or for worse. I think that's just the way the American population works. But also, just to note, I, I think Trump would get reelected anyway. I don't think he needs this. And the main reason why is because of the weakness of the Democratic Party. If they had a strong candidate that could come up there and actually, you know look pretty sensible, then I think they would they they could definitely give Trump a run for his money because they're going to sway a lot of those those uh, fence sitters those moderates who could basically they're just they're gonna they're always the game changer typically but they're gonna go either way one way or the other and there's nothing on the Democratic ticket that is attractive at all now Bernie um, I think Bernie has some some glimpses of because that's what I would like to see anyway I would like to see a Bernie versus Trump ticket because these are two very outlying individuals. You got Trump way over here, he's just he's just nuts. You know, love him or hate him, he's just he he don't care, right? He he does his thing and somehow he makes it work for him. Then you got Bernie who's way over here on the left. He's got some radical ideas and you know, to to be quite candid and honest, when when Trump was elected I was like, "Okay, well, let's throw a wrench in this system and see what plays out." You know, I'm kind of looking forward to this in a way. Because I'm so tired of George Bush and Hillary Clinton, I'm tired of the Bushes and the Clintons. Period. Right, and so let's let's throw this wrench in here and see what kind of train wreck this makes. Maybe out of that we can really do something cool. I kind of feel the same way about Bernie. To be honest with you, I don't I, I don't know how it would work. I, you know, there's a lot of people that say that like um, having a, having universal health care in this country isn't really the right thing to do because we're a capitalist country and free markets and yada yada. I don't know. I'd kind of like to see it happen, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't, you know, even with the college, I have a, a student debt. So is it attractive for me when someone says, hey, let's let's have the government forgive all the student debt so y'all don't have to pay it anymore? And, you know, that, I don't think that's quite as realistic and it's not quite as high on the agenda. But, you know, being a, a person with student debt, I'm like, oh, okay. So I wouldn't mind seeing what Bernie could do. So I would really like to see a Trump versus Bernie ticket. But here's the problem. There's not going to be a Trump-Bernie ticket. It's going to be Trump and Biden. People are too afraid to go too far to the left for Bernie to take that shot. But the, the concern, the Republicans, they showed that they weren't afraid. They, you know, they had a, a panel of what ten Republicans, so however many they started out with in in 2015, and Trump wiped the floor with all of them. The right was ready for something else. They were ready to throw a wrench in the system to see what happens. The left still is not ready to do that. They're gonna, they're going to uh, put their money behind sleepy Joe Biden. Which you know, I, I love Trump's nicknames. By the way, I call him Sleepy Joe all the time. I just think it's hilarious, and and you know whatever. I don't care what you think of me for that. But um, they're willing to put to put their to cast their lot behind Joe Biden, even though there's no. I, I don't think there's any way he's going to win. I don't even think he's got a, a chance in COVID or not. He was not going to win this election. So I I think they're just shooting themselves in the foot. <laughs> Good answer. (laughs) We think about all that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, to be honest, I don't have a real stance on that. I mean, a lot of what you just said makes a lot of sense to me. It really does. Uh, but I, these are the kinds of questions that I like to ask you because I know that you have a, if I say, give me a short answer, there's no possible way that's going to happen. For one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and for 2 because I, you know, I uh I don't know. I I like hearing I like hearing those kinds of answers from you because you're 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 pretty in deep with with a lot of that stuff. So that you know that kind of question there to me is like I I don't know where I don't sometimes I don't know what opinion I should have, I guess, if that makes any sense. I don't because I because D- you know, depending on what news you watch, you're going to get this from one news and that from the other. But bet- depending on who you see in the social media, you're going to see this side of one thing and this side of the other. And I, yeah. I, I just, I think it's important to have people around you that you know are doing their research. To where if you don't know what opinion to have, at least you can get opinion from somebody that you rely, you know, feel that is reliable. And then you can kind of make a judgment or a opinion off of what they say.
0: Absolutely. Not that you have to take
1: it, not that you have to take it all for truth, but at least get, and you know, you can form your own opinion off of that on top of any other, you know, incoming news that you get.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that's, I think that's, uh, I think it's a good way to go about it because unfortunately a lot of people get their information from either one side or the other when it comes to politics, or maybe in anything else generally, it's just from one source or another, and they take that and they run with it. and And that's a problem. I, I learned a long time ago not that not that my opinions are great because I also get my opinions from other people who I trust that I can build my own opinion off of their opinions. Other pundits, you know other people like that. You know, and just to name some in the podcast realm, you got Sam Harris and Joe Rogan. I I like forming my own opinions based off of the content and the opinions that they have, because I don't, I don't agree with Sam Harris on some of his political stances and things like that. But I I trust that I can build my own good one from his because I trust him as a source. And and so it's, I think it's useful to have those people in your life that you can try to build your, your own stuff off of, like you mentioned. Um, but I I learned a long time ago to get information from two different sides of the spectrum. It's the best way for me to form an opinion now is, is sometimes it's one side or the other, right? Because my goal is to meet in the middle of, of two differing opinions. That's always my goal, but it, it doesn't mean that I meet directly square in the middle, right? Because sometimes I'm like, well, this side's got a better point, I feel like, and it aligns more maybe with my values or with my perceptions of how the the way the world works. And so I, I stay closer to, you know, one side or the other because of that. But I, I'm I'm also willing to do that. I'm also willing to stay closer to one side or the other because that's where my own opinion kind of directs my sales. You know, it, it leads me to where I want to where where I want to build that foundation for that a Particular opinion, um, so uh, I, I think being not not just l- looking at the two opposing viewpoints and and, and taking you've got to do it with an open mind, right? I, I think that's that's a hard thing for people to do, and, and man, a long time ago that was one of the bases for cerebral is just being you know being completely logical and taking the emotion away from um, things like the political views, right? So if you're emotional about a particular subject, a particular topic you want to try to put that aside as much as possible use your brain keep your brain warm try to you know try to just look at things at face value form an opinion and then build a foundation off of that when you do that i feel like you're a free thinker you yeah. know and, and I, i'm talking about being open to you know just about anything right just about anything at least give it a give it a day in court and and let your let your brain actually function and don't just function as a sheep watching either Fox News or MSNBC or whatever the case may be. You know, don't just take what they say and run with it because it, it's all spun. Everything is spun. So can you get any real good, valid, concrete information out there? You got to really dig. But the main point is, to, that's, that's why I listen to the opposing view sides because there's a story that is underlying in both of those opinions. Right, and you can see how the opinions kind of veer, and so just just try to form your own opinions. I think is important, and I would say that that's that's just as important in COVID during these quarantine times, because I can't. I'm not a scientist, obviously. You know, I, I don't um, I don't bring a lot of studies to the table, things like that, but I also don't let the panic response take me over because, and, and it tries. You know, when everyone else was out there just hoarding toilet paper, all of a sudden. Toilet paper was on my mind more than it has ever been before in my life. You know, why? What? Well, because it was a thing, right? Because there was this still this thing in my brain that said, man, if you don't get some toilet paper, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. I, I could use whatever. But I, I live with two girls. And, uh, you know, if you don't get toilet paper, you know, then you're going to be without and you're going to be in, you know, a little bit of a crisis. No, I'm not. I'm not. We'll, we'll make Dude, we'll find something you know i prepared them mentally to you know we have trees outside and we have t-shirts and whatever whatever you can imagine that we're going to use um we you know but but that that panic response that's how it works in people's brains it, it's the herd mentality right it works in politics it works during crisis and they use it against us whether or not you know something is, is a, a genuine crisis that wasn't created by you know a, the Wizard of Oz pulling levers, they still they don't waste a crisis, and they don't waste a political season. They don't waste an opportunity to get in front of a mic and try to manipulate your brain and mine in order to meet their own agenda. And I will always believe that's the case. There is no, especially once you get to the federal level, there is no good politician, in my, in my opinion. Um, and it will always be that way. I'm not, I'm not saying they're necessarily terrible people, but I kind of am. I don't think you could make it that far in government without being corrupt without stepping on on people without having cronies without selling out the American people I don't think it's possible so everything they say I take with a, sh- a shaker full of salt because that still tastes better than what they're trying to feed me bam
1: you didn't need me here for the last 30 minutes
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I need you to generate I, I was just here hang,
1: I was just here hanging out
0: <laughs> <laughs> I need I need you to generate that uh that energy in me so that you can just kind of wind me up and let me go
1: right my, my my main thing just to close on is especially when there's a pandemic like this going on the telephone game is very very in play and yeah. one person reads a clickbaity article or something like that they tell the next person this is what i read from or, or whatever and then that it's a trickle down effect, and then you know the twelve people later. It's hard telling what they what they think the first person said. So yeah. just take things with a grain of salt. Make sure if you are worried about this, make sure you're doing your research from actually actual good people. Who was the uh, the doctor? Doctor Fauci is that what was was his name?
0: Doctor Fauci is the man. He's the one you want to listen to out there. Yeah, find him. He's all over the place. Google Doctor Fauci look for the the most recent talk that he's given by date and just let him guide you through this because, I mean, I I think he's just the realest guy out there right now and he doesn't really have an agenda. He's just trying to help.
1: Right. Cool. You got anything else? He's
0: he's good people. Uh, I don't think we're going to have time to really unpack another topic.
1: Yeah, if anybody, if, well, I guess nobody does know. However, this happens a lot with us and yes. but this time, maybe worse than any other time, is that we normally come in with a few topics that we want to talk about, and we didn't talk about any of them.
0: Yeah, COVID <laughs> was only supposed to be our opener.
1: Yeah, that was maybe 10 minutes. Yes. And uh, now we're at hour 15. So,
0: yeah, which you know, also to note before we uh, we shut this down, this is this episode is not going to come out what, for another three weeks, and so it's kind of interesting to me when we have these little snapshots in time, because I think about it on my social media and on some other things that I have going on in my documentation at work to to, when we look back on this and know that we were in the middle of this, this COVID crisis. um, It's even three weeks from now when this episode drops, it's interesting to see how things have changed in such a short amount of time, how quickly the, the ball is just rolling and, And because three weeks ago, I mean, our numbers uh, for this virus wasn't nearly what they are, you know, and three weeks before that, we weren't even talking about the virus yet. Not really. You know, it was it was something that was still pretty far off. And so that's one thing. It seems like that time is compressed right now. It's just there's it happens when I guess society is altered so much. But it's just there's there's so many things going on in such a short amount of time. Why if if you're watching the dashboard like me, I don't obsess on the COVID by any any stretch, but I do keep up. You know, I take daily account because it has implications on, you know, the, the people that I serve in my job. And so I, I keep up with what's going on, where the numbers are at, try to keep up with the counties that are that are currently affected in our state. Um, and it just amazes me that it was just a couple of days ago that the total number in Missouri was half. Is that because more people are getting tested? Probably. I'm sure. I'm sure that's the, that's the biggest reason for the spike, but uh, we live in crazy times. And so I just, I just want to note again, that this is going to be dated material, especially during these times, because you know, we're weeks out from dropping this episode, but take hopefully people listen to it and kind of take interest in where we're at. And it gives us a little bit of time to reflect and maybe we'll be in better shape in three weeks. Who knows? I hope so.
1: Yeah. uh, you know, me and Patrick, when we've been doing Raised on the Radio, we've kind of talked about, you know, COVID a little bit. But then again, you know, right now, what else do you talk about? There's not, uh, you know, for us to be doing like a pop culture show that talks about sports and music, none of that is going on right now. Pop culture is COVID now. So, you know, it's it we've kind of talked about it that we don't even know from the beginning of an episode to the end of the episode, if what we've been talking about is still accurate because literally in an hour, hour and a half, things could change. You never know. So it's uh yeah, it's, 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 it is strange times. And I was actually at work the other day sitting in the cafeteria and a woman walked through and I had a couple of people sitting at my table. Woman walked through and one of the people at my table looked at her and goes, hi, and said her name. And uh, all she said was "weird times right now," and she just kept on walking. I was like, "That okay? That that's not an answer to the to saying hi to somebody." But it feels like that's just, she's just decided that that was going to be her answer to everything for like the next uh-huh. couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, like, I dig I, it. Like I like it. I don't, like, I don't want to talk because I don't want to be within six feet of you. So it is weird times. She's not lying. <laughs> uh-huh. So, I mean, I, I give her, I give it to her, I guess. It's just weird. <laughs> no,
0: I dig it. I, I probably get along with her pretty well, actually. <laughs> I might might want to get her number. Um, <laughs> no, it, 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 they are, they are weird times. Well, I, I say that a lot strange times we live in, um, because it, it's been a lot of strange things that, uh, in my life uh, that just have been happening more recently. And, um, then you got COVID, but I was going to encourage you and Patrick though. I mean, the, I, and you, I'm sure you're still mentioning this, but there is still music going on out there. It's all on social media, yeah, but well, there have been, because I, I know that he mentioned the, uh, uh, the free concert by, uh, uh, I can't remember the Irish guys, Drop, what's dropkick their name? Murphys. Dropkick Murphys. I watched a, a portion of that and it was awesome. It was amazing, you know, because that's a kind of an annual thing that they do around St. Patty's. And, uh, it, it was, it, it kicked a lot of butt, man. It was awesome. I actually,
1: so I don't, um, I'm not a huge fan of three days of grace now with, with the new singer. We've talked about this in the past, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I just seen on Facebook that he posted this thing where it says when you're, when your band can't jam and it's just the lead singer of three days grace. And so he plays the guitar for a couple of minutes and that loops and then he goes to the drums, and then he plays the drums for a few seconds, and then that uh-huh. loops on top of it, and then he starts singing the, the song for it to so where it, he basically did all three of them. It was pretty neat.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just watched that earlier before oh, we started you? the show. Nice.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, and so there, there are people out there. I saw Sam Neill. He's an actor. Uh, been in a lot of good movies. One of them was... Uh, uh, Event Horizon, I just watched again not too long ago. So really, it's kind of a scary space movie. But uh, he's been on a lot of stuff. That, that was just the one that I remembered uh, off the top of my head that I, I just happened to watch it again. But he had a ukulele, and he played Radiohead's Creep. <laughs> and it was fantastic, dude. It, it was absolutely amazing. You know, So there are, there are a lot of things going on. There are people who are taking the time to do things they wouldn't normally do. Uh, and I, th- I think the biggest rationale is, is to uplift, you know, to keep morale up. And and so but also I want to mention that there are a lot of local musicians. I know it's happening in St. Louis big time, and I'm pretty sure it's happening all across the country where they're doing shows online. You know, they're, they're taking tips from PayPal and things like that. Um, and they could use some support because they're used to going out and being able to, hit, you know, play in these venues and things like that and they can't do that anymore. There's no dine-in places where they can play and, and uh, you know, support themselves. And some of them, a few of them, that's actually their main gig, if not their only gig, is playing music, you know. So I also encourage go go find those people out uh, on social media and give them at least give them a like and, and show them some support verbally, at least, you know, if, if you don't want to tip, because that's, that still means a lot so that they know you're, you're out there, and they know that you know they're out there,
1: yeah, I mean and also
0: don't forget about the small businesses man, like Jeff was saying yesterday about how he's taking um people some people are buying gift cards and or or whatever, and he's supplying first responders with food and whatever they want from his place, and people are making that gift um' just little things like that, man it goes a long way
1: absolutely yeah there's a It's hard to think about other people right now because you're thinking about yourself and getting through this, but if you are fortunate, just know that you're fortunate and if there's any, and if you are still working and if there's anybody that you can help, great. If not, most people you can find on social media, like you said, and a like and a share is, it's a big help. Regardless if you think it is, it takes two seconds to do and, but you never know who's going to see it from your pages. You share, right. you share a, a band. You may not even like the band or like the people in the band or whatever, but, you know, if you want it, it you just help people right now. That's that's all mm. I can say. Help people and more than anything, support local everything, whether that be music, whether that be business, whatever, support local right now.
0: Yeah, I guarantee if you're helping people right now, you're going to get through this crisis better than if you weren't helping people. Right. Guarantee it. And on that note, be sure to like and follow <laughs> The CEP, Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts uh, give us a or Stitcher or wherever you download your podcast. But also be sure to go to Apple Podcasts slash iTunes and give us a five-star rating, all that good stuff. Um, it's been a good time, man. Good Absolutely. to see you during this. I'm going to go drink an Apple Quarantini, right? So what, do, right? what does that actually
1: mean? What are you actually going to drink?
0: I'm just, I'm going to eat breakfast. I haven't eaten breakfast yet, but okay. I just want to say Quarantini. I like it. It's like a, <laughs> it's actually like an apple a martini. Uh-huh. That's, you ever watch Scrubs? Yeah. Yeah. He used to drink apple teenies. Mm-hmm. So I said apple Quarantini. I don't know. It just, I just wanted to say it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> All right, brother. We're out. Peace. <laughs> just heard the track Stunt Stunna by Ace Ha. We want to thank Ace Ha, and we also want to thank you, the CEP listener. Remember that word of mouth is like a gang of white blood cells fighting off our infections, so don't forget to tell your friends and fam about the great variety you hear right here on the CEP. Please subscribe to our show on apple Podcasts, stitcher or wherever you consume the podcast that you love so much so that you can keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity also on that note when you go to apple podcast remember that it will help us immensely if you will give us a five-star rating while you are on there to show your love for the cep and speaking of love, we love it when you give us all the love on the socials when, in fact, you do give us all your love on the socials. So be sure to do that, please. And be sure to visit the launching pad for all things Cerebral at CEPodcast.com. And, of course, if you need to contact us, you can do that at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And remember, we also have our CEP merch at buyjack.com slash CEP. So get online and get your CEP gear today, 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 today. That's all I've got, folks. So until next time, be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm. See ya.